The following podcast is a Rock Course Radio production. the Sci-Files. Today we have Heather with us, who's really wanting to fall asleep, myself, and Ryan, our producer, with the occasional commentary by Henry, who, when he finds something funny, he will comment on it. And he's actually waving. You can't see this, but he's waving. He forgets that this... Yeah, it's not super enthusiastic, but he's just letting us know he's here. He's alive. And the occasional meows may be followed by our cats, Tabitha and Astara. So, we're here today to talk about Deadpool 2 and Solo, the movies. Now, I will, pr- I will start this off by saying, with Deadpool 2, um, myself and Stopper Pocracy and um, most of our sports, quote-unquote, um, group actually sat around and watched it together. We were all super baked. So we had a little bit of influence going into that movie. Um, but I will say that... I bet. Um, we were going to do a review, but we're leaving this completely up to the Sci-Files this, this time. So <laughs> uh, It's all on us now. Thanks, guys. It's all on you. Thanks, guys. It's the pressure. I, I don't know that I can take it. We were going to do one, but we decided to start... We're, we're, we're going to... You're going to hear some uh, something from us about the new Halloween. Mm-hmm. So look out for that episode coming up in another week or two. There's a new Halloween coming up? Yeah, new Halloween. And yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. Again. Yeah, it comes out, comes out middle of October. Should be pretty cool. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Should be pretty cool. I, I, like, I, I like the thing I, um, that I read on, I think it was bloodydisgusting.com. They said something about the film possibly gonna suck. Uh, I guess they had like well, a yeah, it's like, Halloween. They had like a test screens uh, for like horror fans, and most of the people that they had at the test screenings were hardcore Halloween fans. And oh man, did they hear about that? They roasted it, huh? Tons of negative input. Roasted it. Roasted it. And I, I kind of throw it out like this: like Danny McBride, you know, I love him. He's funny. I love a lot of the shows he's on. But you should never come out and just say, yeah, we're bringing back the scary Michael Myers to a bunch of, like, jaded horror fans who don't believe in the word scary. So <laughs> it's kind of like you're promising stuff you can't deliver. And... Sure, 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 go ahead, shoot. Well, for instance, uh, what are your qualifications? Ah, well, I attended Juilliard. I'm a graduate of the Harvard Business School. I travel quite extensively. I lived through the Black Plague, and I had a pretty good time during that. I've seen The Exorcist about 167 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Not to mention the fact that you're talking to a dead guy. Now, what do you think? You think I'm qualified? I, I'm not a horror fan. I, I don't watch them. Um, I, I think the only horror movies I like are the funny ones. Or the sci-fi 
ones? No, not even really sci-fi horror. I've seen a couple of them. There were... Like Aliens? Predator? Well, the first Alien movie... (laughs) Doom wasn't a horror movie. Doom was a military movie. Ish. Um, But the first Alien, I did not want to go see. I got drugged to see it as a kid, and... I kept telling my dad, I don't want to see this movie. I don't want to see this movie. I don't. I was like 11, 12, mm. 13, whenever it came out. I don't want to see this movie. He said, well, you're going to see it. Everybody's going to see it. I can't let... They wouldn't let me go in and see another one which was there that I wanted to see it. And then got mad at me because I refused to watch the movie. You know the one I used to get when I was a kid was... Um, all right, so... Um, <laughs> call back... Um, when I was a kid, I would secretly watch horror films and pornos with my best friends uh, mm-hmm. growing up. Their parents did not care. They just rented them whatever. And we had like uh, two local video stores. One was like Ballotown Video and Forest Grove and the other one was uh, I think it was like Video USA and Hillsborough. You know, those are really the only places we can actually get films at the time. And I remember going up to my dad and I wanted to see the Rambo movies when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I, you know, everybody wanted to see those. I mean, I, I didn't. Even, I even got to watch the cartoon, you know, growing up. Oh, they had a Rambo cartoon. Yeah, Are you serious? Yeah, I even had the action figure. It was really, really stupid. I looking. never even didn't even know that. Oh, it was ridiculous. Yeah, it was absolutely ridiculous. So, anyway, all my friends wanted to see this movie. I really wanted to see it. My dad wouldn't let me see it. It's too realistic, he said. Those are his words. Rest in peace. <laughs> Too realistic. You know what he let me write instead? Now, by this time, I had already seen Number on Street 3, Number on Street 2, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday 13th 2, 3, and 4. He let me see Night of the Creeps, which is a comedy sci-fi horror. Yeah. Um, and not Rambo. So I got to rent the movie... With fucking slug zombie, fucking <laughs> like slug alien zombies, but it, because it's horror and it's not real, but I can't see fucking Rambo where one guy kills an army and that's realistic, <laughs> quote unquote. Yeah. Come on, you know. <laughs> well, I, I just I I have seen some horror movies. I've seen movies that people call horror that to me were actually more sci-fi, uh, like uh, Phantasm. Was, uh, a I think the reason why it gets lumped in as a horror movie is because of the um, the scare factor. It's just the yeah, it's the feel, like the way the way it feels. Because there was a lot well, of uh, basically, it was just a slasher flick with high tech crap. Yeah, especially that uh, sphere. Jason X. The sphere. Shoot yeah, blood <laughs> off the other side. I, that was like, but I, I saw it and I was like, okay, that did not scare me. That horror movie didn't scare me. But no, that one was kind of weak. <laughs> there was a B rated movie that I saw that I wished I'd never had and it was called From Beyond. Yeah. Oh, that one oh, creeped man. me out. I was oh. like, no, I had to I had to stop watching it through. Good old Stuart Gordon. Halfway through the movie <laughs> I was like, nah, I'm done. That one creeped me out because same guy who did Reanimator. Because yeah. what they did in the movie is for the it's B factor is explained the sci-fi element of the movie in realistic terminology. Said, yes, we are doing this thing by manipulating science 
to get to this sci-fi horror reality that yeah. you know kind of shades of the Philadelphia experiment. That here. was that was very much Stuart Gordon's style too back in yeah. the day because like when he did Reanimator, he did like uh, the remake of the Pit and the Pendulum. He did he did all these like different movies, and a lot of them had this like kind of sci-fi element to them mm -hmm. um, a lot of them were based on Lovecraft stuff so you know and, there's, a lot, there's I mean, a lot of fantasy and stuff in, uh, involved there and, yeah and if you've seen some of the Lovecraft stuff that's yeah. just that's, that's beyond that's out there da like Dagon <laughs> yeah that's out there that's yeah, just that was wrong. also Stuart Gordon just uh, wrong no that's hard <laughs> don't need to see any of that I'm good the funny thing that, uh, for me at that time though even though I was like familiar with the H.P. Lovecraft movies and whatnot, is the fact that I would encounter the fans who insisted that books like the Necronomicon were real yeah, and yeah. that H.P. Lovecraft was getting his religion from a real source when even in his biography stuff that he wrote himself, he's like, no, I took these elements from... And there goes Ryan, who forgot to... Uh Silence my phone. <laughs> Silence your phone when you're in the movie theater. So yeah, he, yeah, he even yeah. wrote where he got some of the elements from, which was from different, like religious stories. Yeah. Uh, and so the 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 Cthulhu religion, Cthulhu mythos that yeah. he writes about, is an amalgamation of real human religions. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons why I think it's kind of creepy. Um, oh, yeah. But it's not in and of itself its own religion. No. But I've encountered people who swear by it. Oh, yeah. They totally do. And yeah. Like, I've never understood it, but, you know, more power to them. Yeah. But, but, any, yeah. but anyway, yeah, speaking of, like, weird and out there, yeah, so how about, like, Deadpool 2? <laughs> nice segue. I, I have to, okay, for what Deadpool 2 was... I liked the movie. It had good fight scenes. It had good effects. It had some witty lines. The problem I had with it was about half the movie was a repeat of the first movie, including some of the same old jokes. <laughs> yeah, there. I mean, <laughs> I think the. Um, I think for me, it's kind of. I mean, yeah, they, going back to the whole. You know, these are the poor men's X-Men. Yeah. Um, you know, pu pulling back more T.J. Miller stuff. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you know, re kind of using some of the jokey stuff from the first movie, you know, yeah. with, the, with the landlady uh, that he used to stay, or that woman they used to stay oh, with. Oh, I mean, no, well, no, the little Easter eggs that they put in, I really liked. Like, when he sneaks into the house and gets into the floor, and there's all of the cocaine... Right next to some wrapped up thing that says the cure for cancer, yeah. which was the line from the first movie. I giggled at that. That was yes. that was one of the funny things. And like the other Easter egg is like when he's in the X Men mansion and they're walking through it. He's like, you know, you'd think in a place like this it would be full of X Men, but you don't see anything. And then he's looking away, and the camera's yeah, kind of looking. Away. And then you see the X Men in the other room getting ready for a mission. The beast, yeah. Beast quickly closes the door. Yeah, <laughs> you know, okay, <laughs> stuff like that was you know, was cool and, and cute. Be warned, there are spoilers. Yeah, <laughs> too late now. We have spoiled it. Somebody's going to be listening to the show going, ah, oh, dang it. If you haven't seen it already, come on. I mean, really. What the fuck are you waiting for? And I mean, if I you're going to sit there and call yourself a Deadpool fan, and you were not ravening, uh, 
beating off other people who were camped out in front of the theater for three weeks just to get a ticket. Oh, wait. That's from the 90s. Never mind. <laughs> Nowadays, you have Fango to worry about. Yeah, Fandango, get your tickets now <laughs> online, you know, three seconds after they get released. I think for me, I think the reason why I like this movie so much is it's just fun. You know, it's a fun, it's a fun escape. Um, a lot of the jokey kind of stuff really kind of gets me. I was super duper high when I saw it, so <laughs> well, <laughs> we can like I said, I've got to take that into consideration. But. For me, I liked it. I yeah. mean, it was a good movie, and the storyline was original for mm-hmm. comic book, and it well, not original comic book, but yeah. I mean, it was you know Cable coming back from the past to take out somebody who's going to be a problem in the future. Great, that is very comic book. I had no problem with that storyline. You know, the one thing I was kind of weirded by was okay so I had read like it was this was like right after Logan came out mm-hmm. there was something um, in press that was talking about the girl that plays what was it, X-23 or whatever her name was mm-hmm. um, she was supposed to be in Deadpool too. oh was she yeah I didn't her, know that her character was supposed to be in that movie it was supposed to be the one crossover between the two hmm. and I didn't know how that was gonna work because I mean when and she's used, a future yeah, and no, well, not to mention too. It's like well, he mentioned Logan dies. Yeah, so it's yeah. kind of in. So it's she, after. She could Logan. be grown up by then, but or more grown. But I don't know. It was no. I, I, it would have been a back to the past thing because doesn't I don't know for certain because I never got into the X twenty three comic series or yeah. that storyline. Does she go back to the past and hang with the X Men and like find out about Logan while he's still with the X Men? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Uh, maybe yeah, I don't know anything about it. To be yeah. honest, I, 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 there's so much crossover in comics; it's unreal, and time travel it's unreal. <laughs> um, but yeah, for Deadpool, I mean, there were just a lot of things that they put in that was really cool, like Juggernaut. And okay, you can pan him because he was all CG and all that. I don't care. The representation of Juggernaut in the movie I liked. Because way, way better than Vinnie Jones. I was gonna say it was not. <laughs> it was not X Men's first attempt at the Dark Phoenix saga with the Juggernaut, which was, you know, don't let him get started. And well, he's a mutant. Well, no, the Juggernaut does not get his power from. Yeah. Okay. Well, that and he ruined the fucking YouTube meme. You know, the whole uh, I'm the Juggernaut, bitch. I mean, like Vinnie Jones killed that for me, and I was like. And seeing, and seeing this juggernaut being more of what I remember in the cartoons and stuff like that growing up. Yeah. Yeah, the, this was a lot more good. This was, yes, was a better juggernaut. And the fight between juggernaut and Colossus was, yeah, yes, uh, that, that was, was great. That was cool. Fire the the only problem I had with the entire fight was the way it ended. Because oh, for a couple of reasons, <laughs> I, a couple of reasons. I mean, yeah, okay, <laughs> on a level, it was very, oh. it, it was kind of, okay, apropos for a Deadpool movie. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. For a Deadpool movie, it was apropos, but. Right up Main Street, so I'm Right up Main Street, yeah. <laughs> but just first off, the Juggernaut has held on to electrical cables, pulled them down, wrapped them around somebody else, and went, huh, tingly. Okay? So, yeah, it just, it it seemed like a cheap way to put the Juggernaut out of action to get the movie to wrap up, as far as I was concerned. Yeah. Because the Juggernaut just, 
is not affected by electricity like that. It's been tried, and he laughs at people for it. I mean, really, the only way to stop the juggernaut is to take his helmet off and hit him with a psychic blast. And that's the pure comic book fan in me coming out, looking at that, going, you suck, Deadpool. Which I can say because I think Ryan Reynolds would approve of my attitude even if he came over in the Deadpool character and told me I sucked. No, I sucked. And then it would be going back and forth. You suck. No, I suck. You suck. I suck. You know. And then somebody would come up with, well, who's going to suck? Come on, let's get on it. Especially since he he kills himself. Yeah, well. Yeah, that is funny. The the, uh, definitely, if you haven't. Thing to watch the credits watch the credits it's hilarious and it makes more sense if you've seen the other Ryan Reynolds Marvel movies such as Green Lantern when he was in oh yeah the oh, Wolverine. So good. oh he if you haven't <laughs> seen it you need to look up Ryan Reynolds or sorry you need to look up Deadpool apologizing to David Beckham oh my goodness that was hilarious I giggled my butt talks off over that one. And then, gotta listen to the Juggernaut song. It is hilarious. Yeah, the Juggernaut song at the end of the show. I mean, it, it, it was worth going through the entire list of credits just to hear that last little song. And I don't want to say too much about it because that gives it away. And I want people to go look it up themselves and, and uh, you know, hurt themselves laughing over it. Yeah, I think by the time the credits started rolling, I was already so out of it. Oh. Like, it was be- it was so uh, it was between laughing so hard and just being like you know just coming down. So you and, haven't heard the song and getting ready to go to bed. No, we should. Oh, can we play it on the radio? Um, I so want to play it on the radio. Well, I Shit. guess I'm gonna have to play it for you. And if he decides to put it in the show, it'll get put in the show. While he looks that up, I will do my little input of Deadpool too. I personally liked it. I do agree there's some bits and pieces that probably could have been better. I'm not too sure about the character for Cable. I kind of feel like he could have been definitely a bigger guy. I feel like he was a little too scrawny for Cable. Just a little bit. But um, yeah, I, think, I liked... I think a party we were uh, I was at last night, we were talking about mm-hmm. And somebody had mentioned it. Yeah, I was like, yeah, Josh Brolin's too small. I was like, whatever. Thanos. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and, he was, and then the, the argument got brought back up. And was like, Fuck you, he was CGI. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but Thanos. <laughs> yeah, okay, you know what? Anytime somebody says, oh, man, CGI character, that blows. I mean, just CGI, CGI. I'm like... Um, honey, call it to the Juggernaut song. I'm, That's how I found it. I have already found it. Oh, okay. Yeah, they, uh, they start going off about CGI characters, CGI characters, this and that, and I'm like, yeah. I'm just going to say one CGI character word and anybody who's ever seen it has had an emotion about this character and that's all I've got to say because if you had an emotion about this character this CGI character the CGI artist did their damn job mm-hmm. Jar Jar Banks. <laughs> was it really his job though to make a completely hateable character? <laughs> Whether you liked Jar Jar or hated Jar Jar he was effective, yeah. He did his damn uh, job. <laughs> <laughs> the other cool thing I like about Deadpool 2 was I kind of felt like they put more realistic stuff, or not realistic, but more kind of kind of like it's a mesh between a drama soap opera and 
funny at the same time. But I think. You know, you got the real you know, you got the drama of they're gonna get ready to have a kid. Yay. Yay yeah. Although you're kinda of scared to see what that will look like. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, other stuff happens. And then he's trying to work through it and more stuff happens. So it's kind of like that underlying drama overtopped with his other crap. It's yeah. going to be interesting to see if they bring back uh, his girlfriend. Mm. Because in the no comic one, books... No one dies in Marvel. She Well, yeah, no one <laughs> dies in Marvel. Uh, or DC, for that matter. But she ends up with mutant powers mm. uh, uh, throughout the series. Uh, that she's in and I mean they do have an on again off again relationship and she ends up uh, uh, I want to say she's called copycat mm. something like that is the, and she's able to imitate other people and she ends up joining Deadpool pretending to be Domino for a while I might it's, be wrong on it's that. super funny because they actually have her casted as that mm-hmm. as in, copycat in the credits for or in the credits for uh, Deadpool 2 okay. that's as, actually what oh. she's casted or casted as Copycat? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Super duper weird. Yeah. Oh, so and that's there's 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 a make you think. Deadpool three. Deadpool three. Yeah. Maybe she comes back, but it's really her because Copycat had kidnapped her. Maybe. Uh-huh. Oh, and we'll Lady Luck is a power. Oh yeah, Domino's <laughs> power. They did a really good <laughs> job of displaying Domino's power in there. With the whole joke of it not being a superpower from Deadpool's point of view. She was my favorite character in this movie. Yeah. She absolutely was. Everything she did was fucking awesome. Yeah. And And the fact that she outlived fucking Terry Crews and (laughs) Bill Skarsgård was fucking great. Oh, Brad Pitt. Did you see the Brad Pitt cameo? Yes. That was was fucking hilarious. I could not believe that. I could not believe I was the invisible guy. He was, yeah. Brad Pitt was the invisible guy. Yeah. Oh, okay. And so you only see him when he gets electrocuted. <laughs> yep. And it, you look at like that was Brad Pitt, and you could hear people in the audience. That was Brad Pitt. I like it. I like it. And I liked it when they first introduced him too, because you don't think he's actually there. Yeah. And then because nobody says anything. Yeah. It just like pan silent, you know, dead silence, and then all of a sudden you're like they're like jumping out of the fucking plane, and then you see the backpack going by itself. Yeah. And you're like, what? <laughs> But <laughs> everybody dies once they get to the bottom. Yeah. Except for like three people. No. Uh, well, one. No. Does. no. All but Deadpool and Domino end up dying. Oh, and that one guy. No. Oh, he, no, no. Sure. That's he right. No, he goes, yeah, that's right. He goes back. Yes, there's a lot yeah. of spoilers here, guys. Oh, yeah. The, and the ending credits <laughs> where he goes back to clean up the timelines. That was freaking hilarious. That yeah, was. I about hurt myself laughing. That was freaking hilarious. Yeah, and that one is... Matt Damon was in this movie, too? Who he the, was. Who the fuck was he in this? <laughs> Alright. Okay, that blows my mind. All right, so, so now we're going to take a pause so that I can play this for... <laughs> one moment. So anyway. So, yeah. Deadpool 2, for me, had some funny moments. It was overall a good movie, but it also... Could have been way better. It... it, 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 it I'm I'm kind of torn between saying it was okay and disappointed. Now, I'm gonna say compared to other Marvel sequels, like so. If I'm just gonna compare, you know, just compare sequels, um, Thor to Thor two, 
Juggernaut was, or sorry, Juggernaut. See, I'm still chuck on Juggernaut there. Uh, Guardians De- of the Galaxy and Guardians of the Galaxy too. Nah. Um, Deadpool two was better than both of those two sequels. Yeah, definitely. Um, even even a bit better than like Iron Man two. Even though I liked all three of those movies. Um, Iron Man two had a good storyline, even did. if it wasn't as good as the first one. I I think it was redeemed by its storyline. Yeah. One thing I will say though about, about that series, I mean, it's too bad they're not really, you know, it doesn't feel like they're going to be doing a series for some of these other ones, are they? Well, Ant like, Man like, Two is yeah, coming out. Yeah, Ant Man and the Wasp. Um, but what about Guardians Three? Because I heard like I guess like they can't do Guardians Three because it might spoil the Infinity Wars Part Two. The only movie I've heard that's been cut that's going to come out next year right now is uh, Captain Marvel. And that's because oh, yeah. Captain Marvel comes in the Part 2 sequence. Yep. Uh, yep. Even uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. won't start their season, uh, their sixth season, until after the Infinity Wars 2 movie. I was actually really surprised to see who they picked to be Captain Marvel, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brie Larson? Brie Larson's done a lot of really cool shit. Like, yeah. I mean, she started off in, like, you know, like United States of Terra, you know, it was like one of her first bigger roles. And then, like, she was in Scott Program versus the the world. She was in like a few other movies here and there. But it's kind of neat to see that that's what she's. doing. I'm now. kind of interested to see what they do with the Kree in yeah. in Captain Marvel. Uh, I I, I want to. It's it's going to be really interesting to see how close to the comic books they make it. Uh-huh. Um, if they're going to introduce Marvel, who is where she gets her name from, uh-huh. or depending on which iteration of Captain Marvel that you come up with. Because, uh, well, I mean, before Captain Marvel was a woman, Captain Marvel was a man. Yeah. He was a Kree warrior named Marvel, who happened to be pro- Captain Marvel. <laughs> so, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they tie some of the comic book lines into the creation of Captain Marvel. Yeah, are they going to have scrolls? Are they going to have scrolls as the bad guys? That'll be entertaining. Because that would be a really cool way to bring back the Fantastic Four into the Marvel Universe would be to have the scrolls create Super Scroll and bring him in to where you have the Fantastic Four, Captain Marvel, and the Avengers having to go up against Super Scroll and his, his squad of elite warriors. Yeah. So that would be an entertaining one. I mean... Yeah. You know, yeah, I know both of the attempts for the Fantastic Four kind of flopped, but yeah. the Super Scroll, he's badass. Mm-hmm. So, and what do you think about like um, I, I was reading some article the other day. I guess like uh, Stanley is super disappointed in how Avengers or the Avengers Infinity Wars movie went. Well, I loved it. I thought it was... I like the movie. I, I love the movie itself. Yeah. It was a good movie, but it wasn't the Infinity War storyline. It was loosely based on the Infinity War storyline, which might be what his disappointment is about. Yeah. In the fact that they totally changed Thanos' motivation. They didn't... Yeah, they kind of made it more relatable. Yeah, they kind of made it more relatable. They made they made uh, one of the articles that I read about it was they did the uh, hero. Uh, it's there's a particular term for it that I can't remember, but it's called the hero villain swap. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. which is the hero or the villain actually becomes the hero. Yeah. In this case, uh, Thanos. This was Thanos's story of how he was going to solve the problem of the universe as he saw it, and the bad guys were everybody trying to stop him. And there's a particular movie term for that that I, I yeah, look it up, Google. That's what it's there for. Uh, and so the problem with that whole thing was is that they made Thanos into, like you said, relatable as a being, you know, his planet being destroyed by overindulgence and excess and whatnot, the way he put it through. Overpopulation. Overpopulation and all that. But that's not the real motivation comic book-wise. Yeah. So Thanos is a character that can kind of be pitied in the movie, but if you look at him in the comic books, he is much colder. He doesn't give a damn about anyone but his own motivations. And he's not trying to save the universe by wiping out half of it. He's trying to wipe out half the universe because he wants to give that a gift to the woman he loves, Lady Death. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a whole different factor of relatability to Thanos in the Mm. comic books as opposed to the movies, so... But you gotta give the writers kudos for Xfinity War for having to take such complex multi-characters into one two and a half hour movie. They did a really good job of pulling all the stories together. In that. Yeah, And if you want more on, insight on that go back and listen to our I think it's our Segway Ums episode. Segway <laughs> Ums episode. Which I think we're doing really good today about the Segways and the Ums. Mm-hmm. <coughs> kind of. Kind of. But I think um, that's going to take us to the next movie review, I think. Han yeah. Solo. Han Solo. Solo, a Star Wars movie. I have to say, so I didn't see The Last Jedi for reasons obvious that Star Wars has gone downhill. Especially since, and I'm sorry Disney, but yes, you've taken it over and made it more worse than Lucas did. And Lucas, I'm sorry, but you suck too. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I just, I got in, I didn't quite get, I don't know if it's because I was tired, I had very little sleep, I almost murdered my cat because she kept me up in the middle of the night at 4 a.m. in the morning getting to crap, so I don't know if it was just because I kept nodding off, but for the most part I felt like, you know how the point where you get into the movie and you're like, yeah, yeah, do that, do this. Go, go, go. I didn't feel that way. I was just like, okay. I, I just have one question for our audience out there and anyone else who decides to listen. When did they think it was okay to make Ocean's Eleven in the Star Wars universe? <laughs> I mean, seriously, it really felt like Ocean's Eleven to me. Oh, I mean, because yeah. it was just one big, long heist. And they kept pulling in this character and that character to mm-hmm. do special things. And, well, they had laser guns and spaceships instead of an Asian guy who could contort himself into a three-foot box. So, um... I think it was the other thing, too. He didn't do as much piling as you were wanting. Because I kind of had the thought that he was doing all this piling from the previews. He only did, like, one-third of the movie... 
he did the driving in the beginning, and then he kind of piloted in the middle. I think they're gonna. And make, then he did I think more they're gonna make fans wait more or less uh, for solo two. Yeah. Yeah, they the did. Sequels. Yeah, they did seem to open it up to a possible solo two. I mean, um, I liked the movie. Again, it's another one of those cases where yes, I'm glad I went and saw it. It was for the Star Wars universe. It's just it it had so much more potential than they gave it for you know the roguish character of Han Solo that everybody got to know in the first not first three movies but the first three movies yeah uh, and I did find I didn't quite relate to the character they chose the actor they chose Han Solo I think he was too pretty or something I don't know he just didn't seem to fit the part as well, look-wise. Yeah, look, okay, so looks-wise, to me, he he kind of looks like if Jack Black lost a bunch of weight and just decided, okay, now I'm going to be in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, for some reason, because he's, he's got this weird boxy head. And for I me, can't, it's... I can't get over the head. If Mark, Helm, if Mark Hamilton and... Mark Hamill. Ham, Mark Hamill and Chris Pike had a baby. <laughs> for me... I mean, I it just and it sucks because there's not really too many actors I could have put in that you know, that you would want to see in that spot. I think he did okay as Han yeah. Solo. I, I really do. The portrayal wasn't bad. I didn't have a problem with with that. I I for what it was, it was the introduction of Han Solo, not I think what people were expecting. It yeah. was how he got his start. It was a backstory episode, really, is what it was. Yeah. It was, and so he's a little uncertain of himself. He's a little naive about things, but once he gets going, and he has that—I guess you'd call it—gut feeling, then he knows it's right. He knows what he's going to do, and he pulls it off. Yeah, and that's kind uh, of the way the movie played for me, except for the fact that it was—it just. It was, there was just something missing from it as far as I was concerned. Yeah, for, I think for me overall, when I was watching the movie, so I, I didn't really have any expectations going into it. I got to see it for free, which I guess kind of helped. Um, it was part of a work thing. Um, we get clients sometimes that want to watch movies, so we get to go with and yeah. Sweet. partake for free. Um, so I got, I got a chance to see Soul for pretty much nothing. I was excited... With the, okay, so the movie kind of got me in a couple different ways. Uh, one, I didn't expect the character that uh, that Woody Harrelson was playing to be any good. I actually liked his character, um, even though I did too. Actually. Even though he did, yeah, they do kind of have that like we're gonna do this heist, and we're gonna do this heist, and we're, you got to make this go right, you know. Like, yeah. Don't, uh, what did you call it? Don't. Woody Harrelson does an impression of Danny Ocean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if Danny Ocean was gruff. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so there was that. Uh, I really kind of like the, um, the villain in this film. He had that very mobstery kind of feel to him. I really liked that. 
that was cool. The villain that yeah. they did, yeah, he, and the character they got to play him was, yeah, uh, was he did a really good job. Which brings up another problem that I had with the movie, and it's one that I've been seeing a lot in movies lately. Yeah, which is why the fucking sword fight. Seriously, you're in a universe with evaporating bombs and hand grenades and laser pistols of various sizes, shapes, and implements of damage, and yet you have to pull out two little knives that glow a little bit that are supposed to be, you know, allegories for er early lightsabers. Like, no, get real, people. You're not going to jump out in the middle of a room where somebody has a laser pistol and can pull the trigger on you from a distance and charge at them with two knives. Anybody who does that, watch Mythbusters. They will show you why this is a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> they actually did prove that if you, if you had a gun... Well, it was actually when they had the gun holstered. If it was already aimed at you... That you're done. Be, you're pretty much done. But if you already had the holster and you are within, I think it was three or five feet from the person, the knife will win over the gun. And you know, there's some, and, and I know why they do it. I really do. Yeah. I know why. It's for, it, it's for the effect. It's for the story. It's for the action. It's for that epic hero moment. It's yeah. Well, it's for the hero moment. But personally. I like the moments like we were talking about Iron Man 2. Yeah. That he sits there and they're like fighting the first wave of hemorrhoids. And uh, they're, it's uh, War Machine and Iron Man back to back. And yeah. Iron Man says, hey, Brody, duck. And then whips out these two laser things and slices them in half. It's like, where is that in a pistol form? And yeah, I know why he is like the effect of, hey, that was neat, can you do it again? No. Pops out the cartridges. Just kind of burnt that one up. Alright, fine. That's Iron Man, and that is more of a modern take. We're in space now with Star Wars, with these things. It's like, yeah, pull out that gun that just basically becomes a scalpel that you sweep across the room and take out your opponents and anything they're hiding behind. Part of the thing I think <laughs> is also that Star Wars is more of a sci-fi fantasy and a lot of fantasies Bring in more of the fantasy style, like swords, yeah, the melee weapons, and, and the melee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and don't get me wrong. Before we get people panning on me for you know the fact, well, this is Star Wars, and the Jedi's have lightsabers. Like, yes, the Jedi's have lightsabers. They also know how to manipulate the energy of the universe to giving them reflexes enough to dodge a faster than light bullet. Okay, so yeah, a Jedi having a light sword and going up against an army of droids is one thing. But this dude who just has two knives that glow on its edges, yeah. you know, it's like, with no... And the one thing that it brought to mind, that if you're going to do something like that in a movie, for me, and I imagine there might be a few other people, but there was a, I want to say it was a Daniel Day-Lewis movie ages back, yeah. uh, uh, like 10 years ago, where they introduced the concept of gun kata, or as... Geekdom likes to refer to it gun foo, which is people who shoot at you do so in a recognized pattern, and there there was a martial art developed in this movie to help you 
avoid getting shot. Doesn't mean you're not going to get shot. Yeah. But if you do this pattern of movements, chances of you getting shot in a group of people with guns is is lower and chances of getting shot. But there's nothing like that in this movie. There's no build-up. There's no explanation. The guy just comes out. It's like, I've got two knives and I'm going to stab you. And yeah, just being like, pop, pop, pop. And okay, unless I'm a really bad shot, you're dead. (laughs) You know, which... But okay, that's me. But the geek way of of my thoughts, the way you make that work is if you pull out one gluey, gluey, light, savory sticker thingy in one hand and a force field shield on the other arm. There you go. Okay, yeah. now I'm going to charge you. Well, I'm going to laser blast it. Yeah, well, that's why I've got this force field shield. So yeah, give him, a Gungan, give him a Gungan force shield. shield. Yeah. And, you know, a, a, a glowy knifey thing. I'd be all about, hey, that's a kick-ass fight right there. Yeah. You know, but no, no, just two little glowy knives. And, um, <laughs> These. and he didn't look like Jet Li either, did he? No, he did not look like Jet Li. Screw him then. No. <laughs> to kind of <laughs> slip away from my husband Axel's little rant about um, glowy things. Rants make audience. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will have to say that Chewbacca was very vindictive in this movie. He did things oh, yeah. that you never actually thought of that you because you never you never really see him do a lot of fights scenes, except for the minor slam, maybe toss, and then a bunch of shooting. This was all about brute force for Chewbacca. And yeah. I felt so bad for they, Han Solo. They, they they did. They let Chewbacca <laughs> off the chain and that was actually actually quite literally in the movie. Yeah. Spoiler! Uh, uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was, that was actually funny to see what would happen if you let loose a Wookiee in a crowd of people fighting. Yeah. Splash. Yes. yes. I think my other favorite um, <laughs> character in this, which kind of I guess ties into the whole uh, Falcon, is the the L three uh, robot that, um, <laughs> that Lando has. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I know Disney is basically just do, doing this, creating these like lovable robot characters. This is mainly the kids' draw. Um, if you're gonna take kids to a movie like this, um, where the movie is gonna be um, pretty intense already for a kid. Mm-hmm. I guess this is kind of the way to kind to kind of smoothen it out for him, you know. I, I can't believe you said that. I'm I'm totally gonna have to disagree with you on this. Why? Because yes, L three lovable robot character, not for kids because they gank her in the movie. What kind of story is that you want to give your kids? Oh look, it's the robot. She's cute. She's funny. Boom! She's ripped to shreds and torn to pieces. How do you feel about that, little Timmy? No. <laughs> Oh, that, that makes What's me... wrong with you? <laughs> I got a messed up way of looking at it. Um, and the fact that they do it's that momentary thing because <laughs> it's just like the it's just like the robot from um, from uh, Rogue One. You know, it's kind of the same deal. They're just kind of throwing these other ones out there to kind of be C pre kind of be a C three PO in different movies. Uh, right? Yeah, yeah. They did hint that, and I kind of just well. One of the and then the thing about L three was that they did hint that L three and Lando was physical. No, they made a joke out of it. Yeah, they made a joke out. But of he's it. he's not her type. No. <laughs> <laughs> she thought maybe you know. No, once, Lando was doing. Nah. His, when Lando was doing his uh, 
diary thing. It almost sounded like something. I was like, okay. But, yeah. Yeah, maybe there was that moment when they were both not looking, you know. (laughs) And I'm sorry. I don't know. It looks like it would hurt, though, with her being all. (laughs) Yeah, there there was some stuff. And and at the end, too, the end was pretty fun for me. Only for me, I think. Because they kind of call back to the little Phantom Menace in this yeah, they did, and they did a little bit of it. Well, actually, they had an entire story arc. I don't know if we want to give the character away, but they did an entire story arc in the Clone Wars with this character that makes their appearance at the end. Yeah. Uh, Clone Wars, the animated series. the uh, Not cartoon, but uh, uh, 3D animation. Yeah, the CG. The CG animation series. And so there was a character that was in it, and... That actually has me somewhat excited for Solo 2. Yeah. and I, Or the next Star Wars story. I want to think that they're going to stretch that out to a third if they do make it to a third. I'm kind of iffy on whether or not they're even going to do it, only based on the performance of this movie. This movie did not perform well in the theaters. It, yeah, I it got It got released at a really bad time. Yep. I mean, just about a week outside of Deadpool 2. Deadpool, <laughs> Infinity Wars. Yeah. But and stores uh, Star Wars is also unfortunately it's not getting as much. Of it's losing the, its traction. It is because of all the. Yeah, Disney's pooping it out too much. Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, uh, Last Jedi picked up picked up a little bit. They've they've done a really good job in Last Jedi of passing the torch to the next generation. Uh, oh, for the um, for the characters. For the characters, yeah, they did a really good job of passing the torch to the next generation for that movie. Because I mean, uh, uh, Force Rising, that movie was, you know, the original Star Wars just with a female hero all over again. It really was. Yeah, but basically, the Last before. Jedi, they redeemed themselves as far as that went, from my point of view. So, I'm interested to see what the third one, what they do with the third one. Yeah. Uh, now that Snoke's dead and uh, Kylo is going to take over, you know, the Emperor's seat, basically, he's still conflicted in his... We don't even know what's going to happen. Yeah, he's still conflicted in his emotions, though he has a firm set of beliefs, but how to carry that out. So they have the opportunity with that movie to really, really go somewhere that Star Wars hasn't gone yet. And so it'll be it'll be cool to see if they do it or if they rely on the recurring themes that have been in it. So another question is going to be too, since they also hinted at this at the end of Solo, um, about the other outlaw that they're going to look for. Jabba. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think the creators of that next film are going to be too caring on whether or not they make Jabba look or feel more like he did in Lucas's uh, re-edit of New Hope? Or are they gonna just kind of go balls out and say, okay, this, is, this, is, this was Jabba as he was supposed to be, as he always should be, the big giant well, puppet? 
<laughs> you know, that it'll be interesting to see if they do it CG or if they go back to the old puppet style. Probably CG. Uh, more than likely CG because that's yeah. the thing. But one thing that that you bring up yeah. is that when they Jabba in in the Jedi and in the re-edit of New Hope, yeah, you know they was bigger, fatter, you know, there. But when you cycle the movies back to uh, Star Wars 1 and 2, yeah. uh, when they encounter Jabba and the other uh, ones of his race, which I don't even know what they're called. Yeah. I, I used to. Uh, but Jabba was more active in that one and moved around, and he was very CG in that one. Yeah. But he, he didn't look as heavy, so it kind of made it go through the to my mind the aging process for when you get to see him in Jedi yeah. finally so it'll be interesting to see what they do with that if if they put him somewhere in the middle or if they just recycle back to the, the earlier stuff me, me personally this, this is kind of what I want I kind of want them to go back to practical with him and the only reason why is considering that Disney owns um, Jim Henson Studios mm. they can they have so She's much cute. access to very sophisticated puppeteering. Yes, they do. That they will be able to make Jabba and his group look so fucking cool. Yep. I really and see. That's kind of what I'm looking forward to. I mean, that's what I want to see. But I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of, I'm kind of with you on the idea that they'll probably do CG, and that's only because it's just where it's going. You know. See, that was the that was one of the things that I had the problem with with the movies was with they went to. Like, in episode one, they took Yoda back to a puppet, yeah. but they totally changed the puppet. It wasn't, I mean, at that point, Yoda wasn't much younger than, uh, I mean, he was still 800 years old at that point. Why not make him look like he did in Empire? Yeah. More like he did in Empire. Why rebuild the entire thing? I mean, unless the puppet totally got shredded, which I doubt, yeah. uh, and that they didn't have multiple molds of him. But why? Why just? Why remake what you already did? Yeah, I, I didn't get that. I mean, I do see why they made him CGI in the second one. Yeah. Uh, because well, he had to do the fight with Dooku, and, of course, yeah, and you know a lot of editing. <laughs> and if I that's going on one of my top ten fight lists is that the Jedi fight between Dooku and Yoda, because that was badass. That was pretty cool, actually. Uh, very, very few moments from Episode One, Two, and Three that I really liked, and that was probably one. yeah. I would like them to just scrap one, two, three, seven, eight, and probably even nine, and honestly go back to the old days and <laughs> do it the way they're supposed to do it. With and then I get they'll probably have to add a little CGI just to just because that's why they couldn't make one, two, three in the first place. But yeah, I'm like I mean Lucas had to invent technology. Yeah. For Star Wars, I mean the model, the model fight scenes that they did mm -hmm. were phenomenal for what they were, yeah. and the Tie Fighters looked more realistic than the CG Tie Fighters that they've put in uh, in the recent movies. And yeah, I know, uh, I heard, and I don't know if it's true or read rather that some of the live models made it into some of the other movies, but like uh, an Easter egg or something. Not so much an Easter egg, but kind of a basis for it. 
kind of something along the lines of rotoscoping. Yeah. Uh, which is taking the live model and then animating over it. Which, okay, yeah, I can see that. That's still... But the original model fight scenes just were phenomenal. And yeah, you can... I mean, like Lucas did, and some people boo me for this, but uh, when the TIE Fighters were blowing up from the first movie, they actually used pyrotechnics to make them blow up. They touched those up with animation in the remake, and I think it made it look better, the explosions from the ships and stuff. Some of the stuff that, that he did in the uh, remastered re-edits mm-hmm. were cool, but some, yeah. of, some of the shit was just stupid. Yeah, some yeah. of it was, was wrong. The weird extra creatures. And the, yeah. yeah the, little, like, just... the little, like, one-foot, like, weird goblin. Even when you go back and watch TH, um, THX uh, 1138, the weird re-edit they do in that movie where they replace an actual live actor with some weird CGI monkey, mm-hmm. that was fucking just odd. I, I did not understand that at all because I had I had the original one on tape. <laughs> so when I saw that, I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Even though I liked the way... Because that was the only part of the movie they fucked up. The rest of it was... Really and nice. they didn't really need to redo the bar scene the way they did. Yeah, that's true. They didn't. They didn't shoot first. So, yeah. <laughs> to summarize, Disney, just get, just get rid of it all and just go back to the olden days with maybe a little minor CGI to help. Because that's really what you're supposed to do with CGI most majority of the time, is be creative, you know, cr- build all this stuff, and then use CGI to enhance it a little bit. But people don't like to do that. They want to be lazy and... Even though, and it's expensive, by the way, to do CGI. You need, so I did actually, I went to artists, um, I went to the Art Institute of Portland as an for an animator. So I know a little bit how some of it works. And you actually need a lot of freaking people just to do a piece. Yeah, just the, the, the different layers. Exactly. Like Transformers had zillions of people on just, they had like, had, had a lot of people just so they could animate the arm of a Transformer and just do it to make it go and everything. So imagine that, doing that for an entire movie. It takes a lot of people, a lot of time. It's expensive. If you just do what you're supposed to do in the original with maybe a little added CGI, your budget would actually be way less. Here, just more time. Let me summarize what Heather is saying, okay? All right, Hollywood? Quit auto-tuning the damn movies. <laughs> oh, yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> oh. and, that, and on that note, that's it. <laughs> All right, uh, follow us on social media. We are on facebook.com forward slash Radio, as well as Twitter. I'm still at ronkorpsent. I'm, st- I'm trying to finish that or fix that. Unfortunately... What you can actually put for characters after the at sign on Twitter isn't enough to put Ron Corbs Radio, so um, I haven't decided on if it's going to be RC Radio, Rotten C Radio, I, I have no idea. But uh, for now, I'm still at Ron Corbs ENT. We have destroyed our YouTube page. It is no longer available. So if you are looking for any of our films, go to, um, go to our website, roncorpsradio.com. Hit, hit the uh, video section and it will transport you to exactly where you need to go 
to see any of our short films um, and or random videos, animations, any of the other weird shit we've ever done. And a lot of the content that wasn't already there that was on YouTube will eventually be there. So it'll start building up here pretty soon. As well as we have brought back the Gore Corner. So the Gore Corner will be uh, coming back. It'll be a maybe a twice a month show we still haven't figured that out but uh, for now you can find us on iTunes Stitcher Radio SoundCloud and Google Play and give us a review you know subscribe it's free you can do yeah. it for absolutely free uh, or you can help support us yeah hell yeah go to our Patreon page patreon.com forward slash rockcorps radio and you can support as little as a dollar one dollar a month will help Pick up the, you know... We'll help feed our starving cats. Yes, the cats are starving. Please. Because here in this apartment, which is classified as a third world country, (laughs) our cats can't even drink the water from their bowls for fear of catching the flies that buzz around in it. Which, when they do, they use as extra protein. So please, support our cats. (laughs) <laughs> well, we will get some support after that. 